What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, joined as usual by my wife tonight, Carla. And tonight's focus is talking about how do you know that you might benefit from marriage coaching? Or how do you know if you might? Yeah, if you might. What did I say? I don't know. How do you know that you might benefit, that your marriage might benefit from marriage coaching? Carla, before we jump into asking the questions that we're going to ask, talk a little bit about what's the difference between marriage coaching and marriage counseling? Well, and I'm certain there's a way more in-depth answer that I'm going to give, but in a nutshell, counseling in general, um, people usually seek out counseling, one, when there is a significant problem or issue. So I would say sometimes pain um, drives people to get a counselor. And a lot of times what's going to happen in counseling is there may be some past events, past behaviors, past patterns that are going to have to be dealt with, um, explored, healed, you know, worked through to maybe get a couple to a better place. So I think counseling is going to have, if you would, a little backwards look to see how you've gotten to where you are. And that's important. And we are absolutely pro-counseling. Absolutely. Coaching, on the other hand, is not going to always be the place that you're going to do so much of a backwards look, sort of root issues, if you would. But there might be some. There might be some. Probably not to the degree maybe you would in counseling, but definitely could be some. But coaching is kind of the idea that we're going to evaluate and assess where are you now? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What are the issues? What are the challenges? And then the big question, where do you want to be? And so if you, again, we compare a lot with the idea of thinking about a sports coach, if you hired a tennis coach or a, um, what do you call the people that help you um, lose weight and all that stuff? A weight coach? Well, no, you weight coach. Personal trainer? Yeah, personal trainer. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Okay. So if you hired a personal trainer, sure, you would probably have to talk about some of your behaviors, patterns, you know, habits to kind of move forward, but they would not want to be talking about what happened when you were 5, 10, and 15. We're going to talk about, hey, where are you now? And what are your goals to move forward? And how do we put some steps in place to get there? So in a nutshell, that's kind of a few of the key differences between counseling and coaching. Yeah, one of our taglines is not every couple needs marriage counseling, but every couple could use a good marriage coach. And we don't just say that as a marketing tool. I mean, it is a marketing tool. (laughs) But basically, it's sort of the concept of thinking about are you absolutely thrilled? To me, are you absolutely thrilled, delighted, fulfilled where your marriage is? And if the answer is yes, then you, that is awesome. And you keep on forging, you keep on trucking, you're doing awesome. But if you might hesitate with that question, then I would say maybe there might be some things you want to explore. 
And so what we want to do today is we want to ask, we got a list of questions that you might just ask yourself and see how would you answer to these. You know, we start from the premise that God created marriage, that God's desire is that every marriage flourish. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have problems or there's not conflict, but that every marriage flourish to be what God designed it to be. Incredible companionship, a place where we enjoy being with each other, a place where we can challenge each other to grow both spiritually, emotionally, and something that we just enjoy. And it ought to be, for the most part, it ought to be fun. It ought to be something that is a tremendous positive in our lives. You know, sometimes I think about it, and when we ask these questions, I think there's a lot of people that don't really know, because I think we've chosen to just sort of settle for okay. Yeah. I, I sort of, let me see if this illustration makes sense. We had a good friend who was working in a job, and, you know, it was hard, and there were things he really didn't like about it, but, you know, hey, it was a job, and it's just sort of, well, this is just the way that jobs are. And then he got a new job in a place that was a whole lot better. The atmosphere was a lot smoother. The The bosses that he worked with were a whole lot nicer. And suddenly he realized how bad his original job was. In comparison. Yeah, in comparison. But he never would have thought about that. He would just thought, oh, well, that's okay. just the way it's that just... jobs are. Hey, jobs are hard. You don't like them. You take the good and the bad. And I think a lot of times people get into marriage and they've lost that initial excitement, the so-called honeymoon phase. And, you know, and it's just sort of okay. It's not great. It's not the worst marriage in the world. It's okay. And they just sort of had this assumption, well, that's just what marriage is like. It's about. I love this. Um, this is something that John Piper wrote, and it says that, and, and I'm – paraphrasing a little bit, but that marriage is meant to help us feel the wonder and the pleasure of what a relationship with Christ is like, and that our marriages, if we are believers, are to give us a taste of what that kind of intimacy with Christ is going to be like and can be like, and we're prodding and encouraging one toward that. And I think how many people say that about their marriage? Yeah, that's such a cool idea. I think our microphone was off. The whole time? Mine wasn't out just that second. Oh, okay. Uh, that is such a cool idea. I was reading something else that sort of goes along with that, that one of the purposes and the main purpose of marriage here, and we've talked about this before, is that it points to our relationship with God, but that the whole reason there's not marriage in heaven is because of that relationship with God is complete. And so there's not a need for marriage anymore. There's not a need for something that would imitate, so to speak, that true relationship that we have in heaven with him. Um, let's just jump to the questions and we're going to try to get through all of these. And if we don't, then we'll make this a two part two part thing. And I would say if you're, if you're asking yourself these questions or if you want to share them with your spouse, that'd be awesome. You want to jot them down or whatever, but score them and you can give each question 10 points. 
Okay, so now there's not a passing, a failing, anything like that. But I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like, okay, let's say you give yourself a 10 on every one of these. Well, you've made 100, right? So, you know, that would be awesome. Probably nobody's going to make 100, maybe. Maybe there would be. But again, do you want a 50 or would, it, you know, a 90 be pretty nice? So I think you can decide as you answer these questions, what is me making a 50 tell me? Or what is me scoring an 80 tell me? And we'll just kind of leave that with you to think about depending on how you answer these questions. And let me preface all this, the questions with saying, hey, there is no perfect marriage. Right. That's reading really I can make a hundred. Yeah. So if that's what you're <laughs> looking at. Well, even if you answered, you know, these all in the affirmative, the ones that are positive and the ones no that sort of take the, ask it in a negative way. Even if you did that, you're still got room to grow. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and so even though that, you know, hey, we deal with conflict healthy all the, you know, 98% of the time. Well, there's still 2%. 2%. Yeah. So that's always going to be there. So, you know, I don't want somebody looking at this and saying, well, you know, I can't measure up to that. Who can? And you're right. Nobody has a perfect marriage. So that's not what we're looking at. But while we're asking the questions is what we don't want people to do is just settle for settle. okay. Yeah. So let's start it off. Uh, let's start the simplest one. Okay. Uh, this is number one. And sort of a three-part. Hey, one, do you like your spouse? Do you enjoy their personality? Do you really like being with them? Ooh. Are we pausing to give people time to think? Is that the heavy pause here? Oh, I guess you could. I was just thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, I remember working with somebody who was dating, and they were telling us, I was talking about their relationship, and they're telling me all the issues they had, and I'm thinking... Why you won't get married? Yeah, dating should be fun. And if you have this many problems, maybe you shouldn't date. Yeah. If you don't really like the person you're with, now marriage, you can't do that. If you don't like the person that you're with, you're still married to them. Yeah, that's true. All right, number two. Number two. Hey, do you celebrate your spouse's successes? and empathize with their setbacks. Another pause. That, that was a pregnant pause. Okay. We're just giving people time We're to think. We're giving people to think about it. But I mean, you know, the Bible tells us, hey, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, are you your spouse's biggest cheerleader? Are you always excited when good things happen to them, or do you ever feel resentful? Yeah. Or do you ever feel like when things go bad, well, hey, they got what they deserved? Yeah. I realize somebody may be thinking, Am I, but what if I think I do this half the time? So do I get a five instead of giving it a 10? You know, I think it's kind of one of those if you answer the question in the affirmative and you would say that this is the majority of the time the way your feelings are, you would just go ahead and say that'd be a, you know, a positive, a one on that. That'd be a 10. Okay. Let's go to number three. Hey, do you compare your spouse to others in a negative way? Mm. I'm glad I didn't take this, this assessment um, 25 years ago. I, I was going to say recently. No, I was going to say I would, I would be like, I already would have had maybe two or three that I couldn't, get points for. Yeah. Uh, if you find yourself 
constantly comparing your spouse or on a regular basis in a negative way, you're sort of falling into that the myth of the greener grass. That's that's not a good thing. Okay, number four. Number four. Do you share common goals and dreams with your spouse? Do you talk about them freely? And do you plan how to achieve them together? That's a good one because that kind of, that's a great, great, I mean, that's, again, part of a good, the assessment. It's a but good yeah, question. It's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that ought to be something. There ought to be a common goals that you're moving towards together. One of the things we talk about when we do work with couples is what kind of vision do they have for their marriage? And we we encourage couples that, you know, you may have started out depending on what season of marriage you're in or what kind of grouping of years you've been married. And you may have one thought or vision sort of purpose for your marriage. Well, gosh, you know, a year later, five years later, that may be, that may have changed. And now maybe you're empty nesters or you're right in the middle of little ones raising those. So what if, what is your mission now compared to what it was when you just got married and you didn't have kids yet? Yeah. The question also speaks to the, the biblical admonition to not be unequally yoked. And, you know, with unbelievers. And that's why God says, hey, if you're a believer, you need to be married to another believer. Because then you're sort of, at least you should be moving in the same direction. Hopefully you're moving, yeah. Where if you're not, you could be moving in opposite directions. Now, let me go and say this now. If you happen to be married to an unbeliever, God's desire is that you remain with them. Yeah. And Paul talks about that in Corinthians, that God can use you to bring them to Christ. So don't go thinking that, hey, I'm... I'm, I'm with I realize that I now, yeah. Be, and I need to get out of this. No, that's not what God's desire is. Uh, number five, hey, do you appreciate the positive things your spouse does, or do you seem to be fixated on the negative? Yeah, that's, and we talk a lot about that in the sense of it is so easy to begin to just sort of see the cow patties and the problems. Every I know, sorry, he rolls his eyes every time cow I say patties. that. Well, you know what I'm saying. It's like that's all you see in the yard or the pasture. You don't see the green grass. You don't see the other stuff out there. You just see the cow patties. And it, you can fill it in with whatever other words you like. But um, And that's so easy to do when you get in a bad sort of place in your mind and you just constantly are going to what's not working. So that kind of gets us the essence of that question. Okay, number six. Do you encourage each other to individually pursue a relationship with God? Do you talk about spiritual things together? One of the unique things about Christian marriage is that potential for spiritual intimacy. It's what sets it off to a higher level than marriages where people who don't know Christ. But again, as we talk about everything else, you've got to be intentional about that. So first question is, are you pursuing Christ? Is your spouse pursuing Christ? Are you able to do it together and encourage each other in that? And do you have talks about spiritual things? Because that's part of what God designed marriage for. And I would say here that depending on how you're hearing that question and what it's bringing to your mind, be mindful that the word there was encourage your spouse. You know, if your spouse is at a different place than you are right now spiritually, 
One, that doesn't mean it'll be that way forever. And number two is you want to think about what would encouragement look like as opposed to being critical, being, you know, condemning kind of of where I am spiritually and you're not there and that kind of thing. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about what are ways that you really can think about how do I encourage my spouse spiritually? What do I say or do or at times even not say that may be the place of encouragement? And so this might be a good part for me to interject as we're sort of halfway through. You know, hey, all of these questions that we're asking, they're coming from situations that we've seen couples in. And it's not often you see somebody with all of these on, on the negative. But they're just areas that they could do better in, that they could grow in. And what we want to encourage you is not to be satisfied or settled there and think, well, this is as good as it gets. But really seek some kind of help, marriage coaching, a marriage mentor, somebody that can really talk with you and give you tools as a couple. Hey, how do we grow in this area? And I I would just say one other thing, even though obviously the podcast is around kind of where are you? Could you possibly even benefit from coaching? But if you, even at the least, if you said, I don't think I want to do that, or I don't think my spouse would do that or whatever, then our challenge would be let something like what we're doing right here be part of that intentionality. Like ask yourself these hard questions, make yourself evaluate where your marriage is and what you'd like it to be. And that may be one step toward just, again, bringing, you know, a real focus to how you could be intentional to move forward. All right. We've gone through six. Let's check the last. I thought it was five. Yeah. I miscounted. You can't count. Okay. Gotcha. I can't count. Thank (laughs) you. Uh, Number seven. Hey, do you share a desire for physical intimacy with each other that leads to mutually satisfying sex on a regular basis? Again, a pregnant pause. A pregnant pause. Well, it is. We want to give you time to think about it. We don't expect a response, obviously, to hear. God designed sex to be a part of marriage, and you ought to be having in healthy relationships. It's a desire for each other, not for others, and there ought to be mutual satisfaction. Man, we serve each other even in sex. And you can go back and listen to some of the previous podcasts on sex to hear more about that. But that's just sort of one of those areas that, you know, we find couples don't really talk a lot about because they don't really know how. Um, You know, I know they talk about you can look and see what's the average, you know, twice, two to three times a week or something like that. But if you find yourself going long stretches of time without it, then, you know, that's not a healthy thing for the relationship. Question number eight. Hey, can you each freely share your beliefs and opinions with each other without worrying about your spouse's response? Yeah, and that that would get at some of the things we talk about as far as levels of communication and do you feel safe to share, you know, and we say that, gosh, if if you're sharing your opinion or your thoughts on something and your spouse is either being real critical about that or putting you down or, 
you know, however that feels, just kind of rebuking kind of what you're saying, that is not going to make it feel like I want to share anymore, or I certainly don't want to go any deeper because I don't feel safe here. And that's going to be a real barrier towards developing intimacy in pretty much every level of your relationship. All right, number nine. Do you have a strong connection to your spouse that makes you willing to sacrifice for their needs and desires? Wow. And I think that's what marriage is supposed to be about. And that's what the essence of love is, of self-sacrifice for your good, for your needs. And I'm talking to my wife right there. He was pointing at me. I know you couldn't see that point. But that's a hard question. It is a hard question, and it also, I think, gets at the heart of sort of the idea of the we, that it begins to not just be what is good for me, what's good for my career, what's good for my, you know, desires, what I'm interested in, what I like to do. It's about you. It's about us. And that really, I mean, that really changes you know, doing marriages to, quote, individual people doing your own thing. When you start to say, do I care more about you and what your desires are and what's going on with you than I do myself? Yeah, we often say that marriage is the place, I think, that God does some of the real work in sanctification. And I go back in our early years of marriage, and I would have had to say, no. Because I was incredibly selfish. And a lot of what we went through, some of those struggles, was God showing me my selfishness. That, you know, a lot of the time I was more about me than I was about you. And and so that is, it's a question that, you know, a lot of times this introspection is not easy. Because suddenly we may see ourselves in ways that we don't like to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yet that's just an area that God can grow us and that maybe you could use a marriage coach. And the final one, and I'm just, I will ask you this question, Carl. Oh, on the air live? Yes, on the air live. It's okay. Give us your honest opinion. Okay. Okay, does the idea of spending the rest of your life with me, does that excite you? Or make you feel really concerned? Oh, heavens. Um, Well, it would be really bad, I think, on all levels if I said it concerned me. Um, No, but the honest truth is it totally excites me. And I told you, I told Johnny years ago when God began to really um, just get us to a place that we saw... Um, marriage for, or at least we began to get a better glimpse than we'd ever, ever had of understanding really what God had in mind with marriage. And, and not only how he would use it to change us, but the absolute joy and delight he could give us in one another. Um, and, and so I, I told you one time, I hope God gave me as many years to love you the way I should um, then maybe the years I didn't love you as well. And I so I hope I have that. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. It's exciting. I mean, it actually scares me, you know, when I think that I, I don't like to think about when 
when you're gone or when I'm, you know, well, I guess if I'm still here when you're gone. So, you know, just just thinking about that and knowing that the, the sweeter the love, um, the, the harder the grief will be and not being together. But I also just, I'm excited to continue to see God move us in a way that really is is kind of what I read a few minutes ago about Piper. I mean, John Piper in saying that, you know, that the very fact that God has said that he's chosen marriage to be the image bearer and reflector of Christ's love for his people, the church, his bride, and then his bride's desire and commitment to her husband. I mean, that, that's incredible. And so there's such mystery in how that all unfolds and how God must be given us the marriages that allow us to realize, man, if another human being in this relationship loves me, delights in me, and I in him, how this is just a foretaste of what it's going to be like one day when we're face-to-face with him. So there you go. There's our 10 questions. I'm going to go ahead and list those in the description of the podcast. And in case you didn't get those, um, that'll give you a chance to look at them as you listen to the podcast. And this is some uh, some of these questions or little pieces of it are taken from some of Tim LaHaye's uh, previous books and work to give credit where credit's due. Gotcha. You know, our desire is that you experience marriage the way that God designed it to be, full of love, joy, passion, able to meet the challenges that life is going to bring you together with a partner that God molded you and them into this essence of oneness. And it's okay to say, hey, man, we could use some help in some of these places. Because I think all of us have periods in our life when we do that. Oh, gosh, yes. And so depending on how you answer some of these questions, man, I just really encourage you to reach out. And if these are areas you need help on, man, reach out to somebody in your church. Um, You can more than happy if you'd reach out to us. But don't settle for okay. God designed marriage to be great, and that's what we want for all of you. So on that note, we will say goodbye, and we just want to encourage each of you out there to keep on forging.